Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 Show. I am Rob Bro. Welcome in. You can join the show. And just enjoy the ride. 806-855-3712. 806-855-3712. That is the text line. It is the Rob Bro Show. I am the host. You are the co-host. Lots to get into today. It is uh, still Bandwagon Wednesday. It was Bandwagon Wednesday in the first program. The Raiderland will continue Bandwagon Wednesday through this show. I've got a couple of bandwagons I'm on, one or two that I'm off, uh, and some talk from Jeff Goodman, which I don't really want to talk about Jeff Goodman, but he is starting a conversation for some reason, for no reason, on Twitter, and I feel like I'm going to have to discuss it. In fact, we'll get right into that. I don't know why, after a sellout crowd in game one of a new season, in year two of the Mark Adams era, out of nowhere, Jeff Goodman has to say, man, that was a great crowd. All hail Chris Beard who built it. What? Why? Why are we doing this? I mean, do we have to say ah, that Bob Knight was pretty good, but I ah, couldn't have done it without James Dickey? Do we ever say that? Ah, James Dickey was pretty good, but couldn't have done it without Gerald Myers. Like, by year two, it's the guy in charge that's doing it. And if you want to look broad picture of Texas Tech basketball today, why not say, man, Tubby Smith and Chris Beard really built a great foundation. And I think we have that conversation all the time, that Tubby Smith and Chris Beard did build a great foundation. But why, on God's green earth and Elon Musk's Twitter, are we having to bring up Chris Beard after game one of the Texas Tech basketball season? The guy is at Texas. Talk about the Texas crowd, which I talked about yesterday, that has been good. 
And I'm not afraid to give Chris Beard credit for what's been built. I did it yesterday here on this very program. Because of Jeff Goodman's tweet yesterday. Yes, it's fine. Give him credit. It's just a weird time to get it out. It's 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 an odd time to just say, man, that Mark Adams is awesome, but what about Chris Beard when he was there, huh? He went to a national championship at Texas Tech. Wow, nobody could ever do that. Then he went 500 in Big 12 twice and underachieved. It just, there's no reason for it. And I know the reason. The reason is he wants engagement, and people are giving it to him on Twitter. He knows what to do. Mention Chris Beard, you get engagement. Tubby Smith went to the sub like every day and was buying people lunch to get people to the, to the arena, to the United Supermarkets Arena. Chris Beard continued that. And gave Raider Riot every opportunity to grow. And they grew. Credit to Raider Riot as well. But now it's Mark Adams' team. Would Chris Beard have been successful without Norris Odiase, Keenan Evans, Justin Gray? No, Tubby Smith recruited those guys and they stayed for Chris. Mark Adams has completely flipped the roster twice. Granted, he had Kevin McCuller and and Terrence Shannon Jr. last year, but Mark Adams was here the entire time. The defense everyone talks about, the defense that has taken over the Big 12, the defense that everyone plays in the Big 12 now, the defense that Baylor won a national championship with and should have won another, Mark Adams. The no-middle defense. Mark Adams revolutionized Big 12 basketball into the best conference in the country. And Chris Beard is the figurehead. Was the figurehead. But to just discount everything Mark Adams did for that era, and to discount everything he's doing for this era, to discount that it was Mark Adams that went 18-0 last year at home, to discount the fact that Tubby Smith was out beating bricks, getting students to the game, a Hall of Fame coach in his own right, and to just say the only success that Texas Tech has ever enjoyed is because of Chris Beard and I love him is stupid, Jeff Goodman. It is. I thought, we, I thought we've been over this. And to, to, to just say that Tubby Smith lost more games in Big 12 play so he doesn't count is ridiculous. The entire nucleus of the roster that went to the Elite Eight the first time that allowed you to get to the national championship the next time. By the way, I don't think you go to the national championship game with Norris Odiase. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I don't know why we're even having this conversation 
And the fact that we're having to have it out in a public forum on Twitter, when Jeff Goodman just can say whatever he wants and get away with it in most fan bases, or just engagement bait Texas Tech fans and say, hey, Chris Beard, ha-ha. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Moving forward, it's Mark Adams' program, and it's Mark Adams' successes and failures And if the program tanks, you can blame it on Mark Adams. But if Texas Tech is good again and is undefeated at home again and goes 17-0 this season and has the best record at the USA for two straight seasons and and is on an insane winning streak at home, are we going to say, ah, look at that foundation Chris Beard built? No! No! Like, at some point, it's Mark Adams doing the work. And at some point, you have to look back and say, well, Mark Adams, the architect, was here the entire time and never left. He's been here seven years now. And was here before. And has been here in spurts. And graduated from here. I don't know. It's an effort and futility to try and separate yourself from Chris Beard. But to see a sellout in game one of year two of the Mark Adams era and make it all about Chris Beard is stupid. Was Texas here? Were the Longhorns in town? Do they have anything to do with it? Have they tarped off? An entire top section because they can't fill up 15,000? Yes. They have. And again, I gave them credit yesterday because I think that Chris Beard is building in Austin. And a lot of people thought it couldn't be done. I think they'll have an above average Big 12 atmosphere this season in Austin. I think that arena is amazing. It's incredible. It's state-of-the-art. And I thought they played well against UTEP. Why can't you just leave it at that? Why can't you say they played well in their game, Texas Tech played well in their game, and if Tubby Smith is still at high point, they may or may not have played well. I don't know. I think he retired. But Tubby Smith absolutely built the foundation. Chris Beard and Mark Adams together built a house. And now Mark Adams is living in it and running the program. I don't know why you have to single one person out over the rest when you can easily say all three built the foundation. And I would give that Tommy... Uh, Tubby Smith recruiting class as much credit as Chris Beard or Tubby because they stayed through it and built the culture. Norn Sodiase deserves as much credit as Chris Beard, in my opinion, on building the culture that's there today. And I would hire Norn Sodiase to do anything 
involving the basketball program from here and to the end of eternity. The guy knows. The guy can build. And the guy can run. Hiram is your mental health coach. The, the, the Minister of Culture, Norman Sodiase. All right, we'll take the break here. When we come back, we'll talk a little Texas Tech football and what we can expect against Kansas and what I would have the offense doing. And look, does it matter? No. I'm not Zach Kitley, but I am the senior offensive opinionist, and I will make my opinions known on what should be done this weekend. The Rob Brochon Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Welcome back. This is Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. You can text in if you want to. 806-855-3712. We're on some bandwagons today. It's Bandwagon Wednesday. Uh, I think it's Wednesday. Bandwagon Wednesday happens every Wednesday on the Raiderland, and today it's happening on the Rob Bro Show. I do think that there are several bandwagons to be on today. I am on the Tyree Wilson is a bad mamma jamma bandwagon. He leads all Power 5 players in quarterback pressures. I wish he could have finished some of the pressures, but there's something to be said about being back there and disruptive, being disruptive. And I think Tyree Wilson is solid, a first-round draft pick. I think there are four or five edge rushers that could go in the first round, and he's amongst those four or five. I think a lot of people will say, yeah, he's got all the pressures, but he's in the Big 12. Will Anderson is the SEC guy. He's he's playing in, in Alabama. He's probably the first edge rusher off the board. Tyree Wilson may be the third or fourth edge rusher off the board. If he has a couple of big games down the stretch, he will cement himself in the first round. He could go as high as 15 right now, I think, depending on who lands where in the draft. He has all the measurables. Could he go to Kansas City late? Is Kansas City going to draft wide receivers? Is Kansas City going to focus on defense again, offensive line? That would be a fun matchup, right, to have Tyree and Patrick on the same team. Obviously, if you could put a bunch of talent on the on the Chiefs, you could just have them as your favorite team, and you're a Texas Tech fan and a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Certainly, Tyree Wilson is good enough to be drafted highly. We'll just kind of have to wait and see if it's second or first round. I, I think it's first. It may take a monster effort down the stretch to cement it. Or even a monster effort at the Combine. The Combine could get it done. 
uh, talked to a, an NFL scout guy. Uh, he said it's going to be close to the first round for Tyree Wilson. Uh, but he said that Tyree has the kind of measurables and everything else that people overdraft. So if he's a second-round guy, it's it's fairly easy to assume that he'd be in the first round. And if he's a late first-round guy, it's fairly easy to assume that he could get in the middle of the first round because people will be overdrafting or jumping at an opportunity to develop him on an NFL roster. I mean, he has the measurables. He's got the stats. He's got the production. I think you'd like to see him get four or five more sacks down the stretch. I think he can play really well against Kansas. Speaking of Kansas, I'm on the bandwagon of running the ball and taking deep shots against Kansas. I think you should run the ball with the running backs 35 times. At least. 18 for Taj. 18 for Sirodrick. That's 36. Just run the ball. In the meantime, work the ball to the tight ends, either on those quick outs or the up-the-middle seam route kind of thing with the play action. Not an RPO, a true play action. Then your play action hitting it deep. Tyler Shuck excels at throwing the deep ball. J.J. Sparkman excels at the 50-50 ball. Loic Fungi, Duran Bradley, they're both good at the deep ball. You have a bunch of guys that fit that bill. Xavier White gets in some space. If you can hit him open. Miles Price, if you can hit him open. Go back to the double slant play that you had early in the season that was working, where it's kind of a, a natural pick play because if they're in man, you kind of get a guy in front running the same route, and then you throw it to the guy underneath, and then you have a blocker already there. It's what Miles Price scored on when the Houston guys tripped over themselves. Kind of a levels play. Get back to the mesh. If you can survive long enough in a pocket. Now, Kansas has a pretty good defensive line. Uh, for a while, they were up in the tops of sacks in the Big 12. But you should be able to run on Kansas. And defensively, if you are who we think you are defensively, I don't think Kansas will score 35 on you. I don't. Now, I don't have a ton of faith in the Texas Tech offense to just go up and put 35 on anybody right now. But if I had to guess, if this game looked more like one or the other, I would certainly lean toward it looking more like West Virginia than Baylor. 
I think in a lot of ways you're physically tired this year because you don't have a lot of depth and you're trying to play, you know, your, your best players on defense. You're a little bit worn out. But I think you can put a complete game together against Kansas. And I do think that Kansas comes in a little flat after reaching bowl eligibility and partying like they did. I do not think that Oklahoma State is a great transitive property mark for these two teams. They hammered Oklahoma State. Well, Spencer Sanders wasn't playing. And I feel like Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy have given up on the year. I think you probably played the best version of Oklahoma State this year that they had. And in some ways, the Oklahoma State version of Texas Tech was one of your better versions. I think you put the complete game together against West Virginia, but that offense looked really good for large stretches against Oklahoma State. And what'd you do? You ran the ball. You took some shots. You worked it over the middle. What'd you do against Texas? You ran the ball. You took some shots. You worked it over the middle. That's the roster you have. Lean into it. All right, we'll take the break here. When we come back, a couple of more bandwagons. I'm on and off. We'll also get to the text line, 806-855-3712. The Rob Rose Show on Talk 103.9 News, Money, Sports. Sports. Rob Rose Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. You can text in 806-855-3712. Plenty of Gin Blossom talk to be had. Uh, I don't know if you're a big Gin Blossom fan, but they are coming to Texas Tech this weekend. We were having the conversation earlier, if you could have any band come for the final weekend spare no expense who would you have come down Uh, a couple of good options to be had in the first hour in the Raiderland but I do not know otherwise uh, who is coming this off the text line uh, agree on running the ball and taking deep shots. What percentage do you give the first play as Shuck beaming it downfield? Well, first play of the season was a flea flicker down the field. So I, I would feel pretty good about that. I think that's why they picked Tyler Shuck is because they wanted to push the ball down the field vertically and they gave the best uh, option, I guess, in that respect was Tyler Shuck. 
I really do think it was between Tyler Shuck and Baron or and Donovan Smith before the season because they had the experience. I don't know that Baron Morton ever got a fair shake at being the starter. Um, but certainly when he was out on the field, the team looked the best. Did he play worse teams? Maybe. Did he look good against Baylor? No. Do we know if it's Bean or Daniels yet? And where can I go find out about donating my leg and ankle for Morton to come back this weekend? I do not know the science behind donating an ankle. I believe, though, it's still Bean. Uh, that is something that you should pay attention to, though. Um, I do know that Jalen Daniels has been like throwing and, and practicing, but there's a difference between going non-contact and practice and getting back on the field. If it is Daniels coming back, I'm not more worried about the game. I'm moderately worried already. I mean, it's a three-point line. Uh, I thought a four-point line against West Virginia was a free money glitch, and it was. I just do not know how this team responds to being four and five. I thought they responded well to getting hammered by Baylor and going to Fort Worth and playing a tough game. I did. I, th I thought they played hard and responded well. They didn't finish strong, though. And you didn't finish strong against Kansas State. You didn't finish strong against Oklahoma State. You didn't finish strong against NC State. You finished strong against Texas. You finished strong against Houston. But those were in September, right? It's November. Can you finish strong over the last three games? Two more at home. You didn't have a great October, to say the least. You have a 6 o'clock game against Kansas where it's going to be 40 degrees. Then you have a road trip to Ames. Do not know the time yet on that. It is in the six-day window. We'll see how that goes. Then a home game against Oklahoma. You have to finish strong. And if you miss a bowl game, which I did not think you would, I think you've taken a, a step back. As a program, because the expectation should be getting a bowl game every single year. But I don't think you've started your progress. As long as the recruiting class holds, which I think it will. Now, there will be work to, to be done in the offseason, but you still have three games left in this year. And I, I think the key to the season is at Kansas. Against Kansas at home. I mean, I struggle to say that this is a must-win game, but in a lot of ways it is. It is a must-win game at home. It's a must-win game against Kansas. I don't care if Kansas is 6-3 and three and has a better record than you. What would Texas be 
Texas Tech be with Kansas's record and and when they played who? Wouldn't you have rather play Oklahoma State last week at home than when you played them in Stillwater? Wouldn't you have rather had Duke instead of NC State at home instead of in North Carolina? Now, I think Kansas is a much improved football team. And a lot of it is that they are more disciplined and they have confidence in themselves, which they have not had either of in a long, long time. But confidence and discipline can only get you so far when a guy like Tyree Wilson is rushing the quarterback. Now, do you have the offensive difference makers to score 35? Do you have the, the mental fortitude to run the ball 40 times when it's 30 degrees? Does your offensive line have the toughness to do that? I don't know. We haven't seen it. The Candace, the Candace secondary is susceptible. The Kansas defense period is susceptible. Can your offense step up? Yesterday we had the job approval Tuesday poll. I want to say Joey McGuire finished around 96%, Tim DeRuiter around 90%, Zach Kitley 55%. Now, I'm still voting yes on all three of those. It's a little bit baffling, though, that Tim DeRuiter gets such an easy off and Kitley's getting hammered. And I think that speaks to what we've seen historically in Lubbock. You expect a great offense and a bad defense. Well, you have a pretty good defense and a pretty good offense, but the offense is getting hammered because it's not elite, and the defense is getting roses and parades because they don't absolutely suck. I think Keith Patterson had a great defense the last couple years compared to Texas Tech standards. It's inconsistent. He gave up 70 to Texas. That almost broke him. But you also won a game like 27-24 against Baylor. When Baylor was good. Baylor played for a Big 12 championship that year. So you look at the defense, I think it's as good as it has been. I certainly think you've gotten better in ways, the same in ways. You've gotten more out of certain players. You lost a lot in the linebacker room. Kept it up. Creshawn Merriweather's having his best season ever in, in Lubbock. But because you're not scoring 38, 40 points a game, it's all the offense's fault. 
that you're not winning. Not that the defense has given up 17 in fourth quarters or 10 in fourth quarters multiple times. It's interesting. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's interesting. All right, we'll take the final break of the hour here. We'll come back and wrap it up. It's Rob Rose Show, Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. We'll get to the text line when we return. Right here on Talk 103.9. The Rob Bro Show off the text line. The Chad here. Hello, Chad. Uh, the Tech offense can score 35 if the defense is generating turnovers. That's what you saw against West Virginia. I mean, if you could just do that again, you'd be great. I don't know if you can hold Kansas to 10, but heading into the game, I didn't think you could hold West Virginia to 10. I mean, could you win 35 to 24? With maybe a sack fumble or a an interception. Uh, you have to consider the offense is responsible for the turnovers, which is really what has killed the team. And a few turnover counts against the players, but a bunch counts against the coach. You don't have to consider anything, by the way. Um, I, I'm not saying that Zach Kittley deserves anything or that Tim DeRuiter deserves anything. It's just a wide disparity. 99% to 55% for a team game, and it's 4-5, to is a large disparity. Uh, The Texas Tech defense hasn't been very good at forcing turnovers. Is that not a knock on the coach? The Texas Tech defense has folded late in games. Is that not a knock on the coach? And again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I would vote yes on all three of the polls I put up yesterday. Joey McGuire, approved. DeRuiter, approved. Kitley, approved. But... I would say the difference in my approval between the defense and the offense would not be 44%. 99-55 to is a large disparity. I would say maybe I'm 15% more approving of the defense than the offense. But Zach Kidley isn't calling the interception play. Zach Kelly isn't calling the sack play. I, mean, I think these quarterbacks have put Zach Kelly in a bad position overall. Now, he's the quarterback's coach. Got to be better. Sure. Yes. Agreed. But Bailey Zappi was so good at Western Kentucky because... They had an offensive line that was all in, all conference, 
contention. All five of them. And they had a quarterback and a group of wide receivers that had been playing together for three years. I would love to see Baron Morton in year three of an offense. With wide receivers that have been here for three years as well. I mean, that kind of trust and respect, especially if you have an all-Big 12 offensive line, the offense is going to look different. Well, he's young and inexperienced. I don't buy it. In my opinion, with my eye test, the execution has been worse than the play calling. Now, I can understand why people are frustrated. I do. I get it. And the point of the approval poll is to get a yes or no from multiple people and to base it on that, right? And so in my opinion, the disparity between the offensive and defensive polls is just surprising. That's all I'm saying. It is a surprising gap that this defense gets an absolute free pass because of the turnovers, because of the bad positions, because of the narrative that it's all the offense's fault. And I do think that that narrative is out there. But if you look at the numbers, you look at the metrics, if you look at the analytics, if you look at the stats, numbers don't lie, right? Is the tech defense good? Is it? Be honest with yourself. Is the tech defense good? Well, it's better than it has been. Okay. It was better than when Cliff was here. What if Cliff had this defense? Okay. Is it good this year? Is it good in respects to the rest of the Big 12? Is it where Joey McGuire wants it to be? Maybe I just hold the defense to a higher standard. But 99% approval is just surprising. I like it. Good. Respect the coach. Enjoy the coach. Keep the coach here. But everything that DeRuder gets, Kitley should get as well. The special teams has put the offense in terrible situations. We don't give Kitley any credit for that. I mean, the offense starts at like the 15 on average when people kick off to you. Is that good? No. Is that like the defense starting on the 45 because of the offense? Yeah, in my opinion. Zach Kidley isn't calling the quarterback makes the wrong read play either. Really don't understand the people calling for his job already. Soft. Texter also says the tech defense is respectable, but I wouldn't say it's good. I agree. I agree with that. I think the tech defense should be better. I don't think this Texas tech defense is any better than Keith Patterson's Texas tech defense. 
That's why you're four and five. It's a team game, a team effort, and this team has not been good enough. But I think the pieces on this coaching staff can make them good enough. It's just going to take more time than I thought it would. I thought you would slip into a little bit of a warm bed and go to a bowl game. I still think you can, but it starts this weekend. It starts this weekend. Kansas, in November, short favorites must win. That doesn't feel good to say, but it's the reality in Lubbock, Texas, in the year of our Lord, 2022. We'll be back tomorrow on the Raiderland, 11 a.m. It's two work Tuesday. Get ready for it. We'll also be back on the Rob Bro Show right after that. I've been Rob Bro. I'll continue to be Rob Bro. We'll see you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.